0: Hey yo, what's good? It's your boy Wings on 24 Karat Kev. Hello. And you're tapped into the Take Flight podcast. Today, we've got an artist who's been in the game for well over a decade, has been killing it for a whole whole bunch of years, but now he's back and I feel like he's more consistent than ever. It's your boy 360 in the building. Woo-hoo! Let's go, let's go. What's happening, bro? 360 brother? in the
1: building. Thank you
0: Appreciate so much that. for coming through, bro. Appreciate that, man. Oh, it's nothing but facts. Yeah. All right? No one can yeah. deny it. Come on, no one can Hell deny yeah, it. Hell yeah, love
1: that. Yeah, like Wing said, you've been in the game for a long, long time. So we're going to go back a little bit and then talk about everything you've got going on now. But I guess the first broad question is, uh, we heard online that, you know, when you were younger, you listened to a lot of stuff like classic New York hip-hop, like Big L and stuff.
2: So how did you go from being a hip-hop fan into a rapper? What was that transition like for you? Oh, so it was like... All my all my boys were into skating and shit, and I was sort of obsessed with that. Mm. And that was that was sort of every, every, everyone that I looked up to was into Wu Tang and shit like that. And they were all. Did, do you guys remember Battle Town? Personally, no. No, nah. no. They were like uh, they were like old school dudes back in the day, but they were using American accents and shit. Okay, so they're from here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I got sort of linked up with a few few people from there mm-hmm. and then just started trying to do it myself and it was uh yeah it's quite quite adorable it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty bad like really really cringe shit. i think i've still got some of them i went by the name casper
0: is that cause you're a white? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> strictly
2: a it. great rapper name for a yeah, white man. Impressive. Great rapper name for a white man. It's spelled K-A-S-P-A-H. Yes, gangster, man. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, bro.
0: A-H makes it all
2: together, bro. And uh, I was rapping about robbing people with guns and shit. Oh, <laughs> Hectic. my. Hectic. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not me at all. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so on that tip, uh, what age was this, sorry? Uh, that would have been about 14, 15. 14, yeah. Mm. So we heard
1: like maybe a year or two after that, I mean... I read some crazy stuff in your interviews, like going to rap competitions hosted by Bias B, Mm -hmm. Uh, your dad dropping you off at Trem's house or studio to record with LC. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, you know, getting on a track with Hunter. Mm -hmm. So being so young and being around, you know, I guess people that you looked up to and and real kind of formative MCs of the game, did that force you to kind of cut your teeth really quickly, really young? What do you mean by cut your teeth? Sorry. Like you just had to kind of bring your A game like- Oh yeah, yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah, for sure. Like I was- it was it was really wild to think back to that, like being 16 and being around all that kind of shit. Like at such a young age, it was bloody wild. And, and getting signed to uncut, it's, I forgot about the Hunter thing as well. Like that was absolutely legendary. Mm. Um, rest in peace to Hunter. But that, yeah, it still blows my mind thinking about that shit. Can't believe it. But yeah, always had to be on the A game with them, man. They were all about quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also early on bro, you obviously mentioned about
0: rapping about robbing people, some gangster ass <laughs> shit, right? You also talked earlier about Pez coming along, telling you to stay true to yourself, You know, drop that tough guy act. Was that a hard thing to admit that you were doing and change up?
2: Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think I think like for a long time when I was younger, I was like always trying to put on his front, always trying to look gangster and look hard and shit when it just wasn't my background, you know? Like I come from really loving family, middle class and shit like that. Mm. Um, no street shit going on whatsoever, so I don't even know why I was trying to do that. I think it's just because I was just looking up to everyone at the t- at the time, like everyone that I really idolized was pretty hard and shit. So I was like, oh, I've got to fit in. But um, yeah, realizing that you just got to be yourself is so much so much better and more freeing, you know. I just think it was uh, probably a bit of a shock to everyone involved that was saw the other side of me that I was trying to force and then going into that. But it was yeah, no, it was worth it. It was solid solid work by pez to keep it real like that it's very was there like <laughs> one conversation from pez like specifically you remember that kind of like switched the light bulb in your head and was like i'm just going to be me and um i think it was just his vibe and he, his like whole energy was just we just got to be ourselves um from the get-go that was what he was giving off but the stuff that i remember from pez was really just being like like i never thought rap could be a career thing where we'd make money off it and get big and shit like that i thought it was just like a, a side hobby thing mm-hmm. and he was always he was always like dude we we've got to be the biggest in the country like shoot for the stars go for the gusto shit like he wanted to be australia's jay-z and shit like mm-hmm. that you know what i mean start labels start signing people do like everything and yeah he was he was a big believer early on
0: yeah, right. mm, mm. a couple of things about Pez, bro. So early on, you also mentioned that uh, he was the first person to take you into EMI, I think it was, one of the yep. labels. What was it like at that moment? Had you ever had chats to major labels before or was this your first ever experience with that?
2: That was my first experience. Yeah, so I went in, in with him. This was just after the festival song. Mm. So they were G'd up um, about signing Pez and shit. And he was like, well, you, you got to listen to 360. I'd done like three songs with Styles Fuego at the time. Yeah. Um, this is when we were just working on falling and Flying and, and it was starting to get like, all oh, this shit sounded like it's gonna be something special. Um, and he was just like, yeah, pl- play, played it to him. They were just like on, on board straight away which was really cool but that was the first thing with a major yeah all right so what was it like going into the office that day was it kind of like a bunch of suits and
1: you're just a young kid and you just roll in and just start playing 360 loud on the speakers or something yeah (laughs) yeah
2: it was it was in like a meeting with uh craig hawker which was the the main dude at emi at the time and in his office and they just played it and were like looking at each other and shit, and it was real i was just sitting there shaking sweating nervous as fuck, and uh then they were just like yep this is, yeah, this is on for sure. And yeah, fucking
1: wild.
0: Yeah. That was little- so there
1: wasn't even like a negotiation or anything. It was just like <laughs> on the spot, it was like, we gotta get him. Like, yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, pretty much, pretty much.
0: That's awesome, bro. Mm. Hey, while we're still on the topic of Pez and you mentioned festival song, bro. What was it like around that time that festival song dropped? Because that was huge, bro. Absolutely everywhere. You know, even coming from someone who wasn't fully tapped in the rap scene, I heard everyone talking about this song. So what was it like seeing the impact that that had when it dropped?
2: that was just like super encouraging like that was just like okay we can do it it was like a confirmation that this is possible like we can actually we can actually like go hard with this shit cuz that went fucking nuts mm. like that was crazy brother that was like that was wild and and just seeing the way he got treated after that like was insane like we couldn't go anywhere without people just swarming him he was <laughs> it was fucking nuts like it was full on really cool but yeah. like fucking yeah so so unexpected and so cool but just after that it just like lit a fire in me to just go fuck let's do this like let's keep this going Facts. how many festivals did you guys play it at oh man <laughs> oh, oh bro back then like it was when when they still had like 50 fucking festivals a year you know <laughs> yeah. and you're on every single one yeah of them. <laughs> yeah like and and they they pay quite well too Man, you know? festival slots are the place to be, Bruh, but back then, like if you think about, like you made money off album sales, you made money off shows because, like, you're doing fucking fifty festivals and shit. Mm-hmm. And and it just became so saturated, they had to uh, had to kind of shorten it down a bit. Now there's only like three
0: mm-hmm. main ones, hundred percent. Yeah, Those very minimal.
2: Yeah, yeah. facts, bro. Yeah, shit's
1: changed. I can just imagine it, but you know the fucking piano keys, are singing along hook and shit, like sundown, kinds of waving their hands. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> what a yeah, moment
2: in time, bro. Yeah, I remember shooting a video for that, which was when Pez had the like real long hair and mm-hmm. shit, and his hair was just flowing in the wind. It was fucking hilarious. Shout out to Pez, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, on a more personal tip,
1: uh, we heard on another pod that um, you know, during COVID as well, you went through a bit of a bit of a hard time, and and Pez was the one guy that that you could call, and and he was there for you, and I think. In the music industry and in hip hop, we always hear about you know, long-term friendships and people turn on each other, whether it's over money or, or rumors or gossip. How does it feel to have someone like Pairs alongside you like all these years, not only in a professional sense, like taking the labels, but also, you know, as a true
2: friend, you know? It's, you, you know what, it's like, one thing I've realized over the last few years is how important friends actually are, especially day ones, like the people before, shit popped off like i've I've got a very small social circle it's like me pez uh my friend mo his cousin mega and do you know gmc
0: yeah yeah from melbourne yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: they're like my day ones and they're, they've all been the same as pez too like just like anything whenever they're just there you know what i mean and no matter what it's been through all the crazy shit that i've been through they're just always there so it's like you gotta like take care of your day ones and like yeah just just appreciate that shit
0: amen to that bro because especially from someone who got to your level and has been cruising at that level for so long that many people would try and jump on and off but the fact Mm. that you still got those day ones around is impressive bro Mm.
2: and you do learn the hard way like Mm. you you let a lot of people in that like because there's there's a lot of partying and you're all getting on drugs and shit like that so it's like you let a lot of people in. You're just like, yeah, come join, and you, know, and then you get, you learn the hard way. Yeah, mm. facts. But yeah, it's all about the day ones. Facts, bro. Yeah, sometimes
1: with um with those kind of friends you're talking about, you hear it so much in the music industry when it's like, eventually after you stop hunting with them, it's like the only thing we really really had in common was drugs. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. we actually yeah. don't
2: have anything in common. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's kind of sad, eh? Hundred yeah. percent. I had a like, lot of those fake... friends, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I've come across a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. Some that it's a bit sad where you think you develop connections with them and then later it's just like, wow, that was really nothing at all. And at the
0: time, you really don't know. Mm.
2: Like, no. you're really just having no. that good of a time with them. You're connecting, you're out every
0: weekend, you're partying, yeah. this, that. But you don't, you fully don't realize. Yeah. Like, mm. even now, I don't even, I don't think about it until afterwards. I look back, I'm like, shit, man, there was a lot of people I hung around with weekend after weekend after weekend. And now there's just
2: nothing. Mm. It just, yeah. It's like this artificial connection you feel with them Facts. as well. Like, you genuinely feel like, oh, I really would like to know this person when you're like, Half a bag in, yeah, hundred percent. Making promises and shit about oh we'll do this together and do this and then fucking it all ends and they're just gone,
0: bro, hundred percent, man.
1: So on the festival song, um, you also had another song with Pez, just got started. You also had um, you know big pop hits like Boys Like You. Um, you've spoken about kind of your albums being a mixture of kind of like wider appeal pop songs and also more traditional rap stuff. So coming from your background, you know being with LC or listening to Wu Tang and stuff like that. How did you kind of move into the pop realm while still doing
2: that in a way that felt authentic to you? So it was like at the time I was very much obsessed with just songwriting. So like the direction I was going in was just a it sort of naturally just ended up there. Especially with working with um Styles Fuego. Um he's he's he can just do any genre in in music really. And he was just sort of the way, the way we worked together just naturally ended up there. But there were so many internal battles at the time. Like I was like, oh, everyone, everyone in the scene is gonna hate me for doing this shit. Cause it's like, at the time there was no one really breaking out and doing that kind of stuff. And it was a very much, the scene was like, had this big kind of gatekeeper vibe to it where if people stepped out of the, the Aussie hip hop fucking limitations that you're given, you called a sellout and all this shit. Um, I knew that was gonna happen, but I, I wanted to make that kind of music. So to me, it wasn't, it wasn't selling out. I'd be selling out if I didn't do that shit. If I was, if I didn't stick to what I really wanted to be making, um, it was a very difficult thing though because I just knew it was gonna be fucking hated by most people at the time, but. I think now after a few years and sh- after like 10 years, like people have come around and, you know, you can see it for what it is. So when you did your first kind of big pop single,
1: was the backlash better or worse than you anticipated? <laughs>
2: um, it was weird. It was like, it was, it, it got a lot of support at the start. I remember um, as far as everything popping off and then it like reached this point after like about a year um, where everything just started turning like the vibe, the vibe was all supportive and, and nice. And then it just got kind of negative and shit. Like I remember I used to cop so much fucking hate in every post I used to do. It was like these days I get none. It's like hardly anything. It's just all support and shit. But back then it was like probably about 80% was just people going, you're fucking just saying the most. <laughs>
0: yeah. like, I can only imagine. Oh, the, the, the,
2: there was some, some wild shit people said just, uh, you, you just can't oh, I can't even repeat it but yeah um. it's a
1: classic formula that's been done by so many rappers though in the states though because so it shouldn't really be a surprising thing because if you look at you know Biggie Smalls for example he had Juicy which is like kind of like a big kind of a crossover pop hit but like the whole of Ready to Die is a fucking gangster rap album mm. you know what I mean even like Fat Joe he has you know like R&B crossover hits but then like he was in DITC and Terror Squad and like he was fucking giving Biggie his first show. So yeah. it's like, I don't know why people are so like, yeah,
2: that's so true, eh? Like, yeah. I don't know why Australia has that. Like if, if, if you talk to Australian hip hop fans and shit, and who will be like big fans of Eminem and shit, he's done crossover shit that's super poppy, like mm-hmm. with Bruno Mars and shit like that. But I don't think, they care about that shit. It's like when an Aussie does it, it seems to be different. When someone at
0: home does something different, it's judged a whole lot more different than someone, 100%. Why
2: is that? Tall puppy. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a a good question, really. Mm. (laughs) 100%, (laughs) bro. Um, Look, we'll switch things up a bit, bro. Look, obviously you just put out a podcast a couple of weeks ago with someone, had some of the deepest shit I ever heard. I'm so glad I sat down and listened to the whole thing, to be honest. Um, It's no secret that you went through a a life overhaul over I don't know how many years it's been, right? Uh, Intense addiction at some Mm points. Was there a point where you realized it was just going from wild nights out into a full-blown addiction? Like, could you actually pinpoint when that was happening? There was a few times where
2: like... Because like when when you when you're partying and shit, you don't realise that you're fucking with addiction. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't realise that shit until you try to stop and and the withdrawals start kicking in and shit. And yeah. that's that's when I remember the first time I got withdrawals was when I tried to stop drinking back on like ages ago, like on this t- it was the middle of the tour and I was like I just got real sick and fluy and just just fucked up. And that was yeah, that was the first time I realised fuck I'm actually Doing something that's uh, pretty dangerous here. I didn't realize how dangerous it was at the time. You never really do, yeah, until you're in the thick of it. And then once you cross over into the addiction, and it's like you've you've awakened this fucking monster inside you that lives forever, and you've got to spend the rest of your life taming that cunt. You know what I mean? Facts. It's a bitch. Yeah, but it's all good. Hundred hmm. percent. Before we go into a little bit about how you've overcome all this can
0: you explain would you mind explaining a little bit of how bad it actually got for yourself
2: it got really really bad man like I was uh, I was like it started just by me um, I was like always partying and on the bags and shit and just I love going on benders mm. but it was the the comedowns that I just couldn't do mm-hmm. like I couldn't couldn't deal with the fucking anxiety and just the feeling of it. Like I just hated it. So I started back then, like I started taking codeine and shit like that, um, just small amounts of it and that would fix it. And then over time that grew into like taking fucking crazy, crazy amounts of oxys and shit like that. Like my, my issues was painkillers. Um, like I had, a, I had a doctor who was like hooking me up with whatever I wanted. So I was like going in there and getting these 80 milligram box a week kind of thing. And just going hard on that shit and then going in the next week and saying, oh, I lost it or making up some stupid shit and then getting another box. And it was just brutal, man. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that just snowballs over, over time. Like I, th- I think it was over about four or five years and then it snowballed to the point where I was like, I had this huge tolerance to opiates and shit like that hadn't told anyone about it and was just trying to hide it from everyone um, and ended up overdosing and, you know, nearly dying. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was before a show, Mm -hmm. right before a Byron Bay show. And that was like, yeah, that was nearly all she wrote. That's crazy. Which is fucking, yeah, lucky
0: amen to that bro Mm. you mentioned that no one really knew so you kept it to yourself this Mm. whole time Mm. how pivotal was that moment after this show when you had to tell your family had to start I don't know if you had to reach out for help or if you had no choice but to go get help how pivotal was that moment where you could actually express yourself talk about what's been going on and finally start to break through
2: it was like actually a blessing like as much as it was fucked to like go through that um, wake up in hospital on suicide watching shit because they think you try to kill yourself because I've had so much shit um and then they hand the hand of phone and saying you know it's your parents you got to tell them what's going on mm-hmm. i was just like that was really hard but it was a blessing because then it was all out you know all that shit that i'd been keeping to myself for so long had suddenly just surfaced and i was forced to explain it so it was actually really really good thing and a blessing you know because i I wouldn't have i wouldn't have said anything otherwise
0: would you say to anyone else kind of going you can never tell anyone who's going through things what to do but would you say to anyone who has maybe their own issues inside that the best thing is to try and get it out to someone
2: definitely definitely even if like even if you've got to tell them in a text message in the in the weirdest way possible because you feel weird about saying it or Mm. something or even if it's to a therapist or a doctor or something just tell them Mm. You have just it, it it'll help because there's ways you can get through it. Like I could have, I could have kept touring if I had have gone to a doctor and sorted out my issues with like Suboxone or something like that. But I was just keeping it to myself and yeah, that's yeah. how that's how it ends when you do. Well, that.
0: I like the the outside of this story and seeing where you are now. To be completely honest, bro, yeah. it's, it's fucking great to see you back, man. Thanks, it's great man. To see you back, man.
2: Thanks. It's it's been it's been really really tough journey, but it's been been rewarding to see the this. This part of it, you know, coming back, coming back. Like life was fucked up and just gray for ages and now it's starting to get colorful again facts mm. what I like the most is that
0: you're not even keeping this story and like on that podcast and I don't know the name of the podcast I don't usually promote other podcasts but I still think everyone at home should go watch listen to this podcast you open up extremely on that like specific situations the fact that you're coming out telling everyone about your story I think is great for people who may be going through it because you went through some intense moments bro, mm. intense moments but to see that you actually overcome it in the end is the, the sunshine at the end of all these times mm. bro
2: yeah absolutely Oh, I, fuck, I love that you've seen that too. It's good.
1: No,
0: it's
2: good, bro. So what's your um, health regime
1: looking like now to keep healthy? You mentioned this morning you had a beetroot juice. That's, mm. uh, that's on <laughs> the cards for 360. Real quick,
2: 360
0: <laughs> pulled up, told us he got a beetroot juice from Harry's Cafe <laughs> yeah. de Wheels, which is crazy in itself.
1: Diversifying the menu, Harry's, man. 100%. Yeah,
2: and I don't, I don't really fuck with beetroot at all. So that was, that was a new thing. It was kind of good, though. <laughs> mm. oh, I liked it. Yeah, but so at the moment, like... I go, man, I'm, I'm a grandpa, so I go to bed early as shit. I go to bed about nine, 9.30 mm-hmm. and get up early. Uh, tr- well, now this winter, I don't train that early anymore. Like in Melbourne, it's fucking freezing <laughs> at the moment. So like when it was summer, I was getting up and just going straight to the gym. Um, but I've started boxing and shit um, to do cardio like stuff, like to get my fitness really up for the tour mm-hmm. that's coming up. Um, in June, I want to be able to like do an hour and a half without sweating. Oh, I know that's
0: without sweating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm starting to sweat sitting here talking for twenty minutes. Come on, that's
2: go. that's a long shot, but yeah. I heard I heard someone say I don't know if it's true, but someone said that uh, Beyonce used to train by running on a treadmill and singing her songs at the same time.
0: Mm. Facts. I don't know if it's out true. I don't know if it's true. Man. Come on, the pod. Yeah, on yeah, the pod. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. On yeah. On yeah.
2: The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shoot
0: for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, bro. Well, look, hopefully you get to that point.
2: Mm. It's not far away. Mm. It's not far away. Yeah, I'll get on the treadmill with heels on and shit. 100%. <laughs>
0: Look, if you do, please uh, send that video footage through for an exclusive take flight. Uh, 360 running with heels on a treadmill is instant virality, bro. Gotta
2: get them calves up, you know, somehow. (laughs) So, 60, there's been a couple of
1: controversies in your career. Um, One of them I heard about was um, on Q&A. Now, you you talked about... um, the Australian flag and, and and that it was kind of being uh, misappropriated by by racist people and stuff and this and that especially in a time when you know in the hip-hop community and wider Australia it was kind of a lot I feel less common to, to talk about that stuff especially on a national platform so were you kind of like how did you handle the backlash from that because I heard that it wasn't only just comments it was actual threats towards your safety and stuff like that it was
2: full on man it was fucking intense like i didn't even realize what i'd gotten myself into when i said that shit it was like fuck that was crazy like it was yeah there was threats there was fucking there was like just constant really weird shit like people um posting dead bodies and shit on On every post of mine (laughs) and just and just drawing weird kind of parallels to what i said and shit like that it was very very weird bro like i was i was just like oh, fucking let's steer clear for these cunts 100
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. when you when you went into saying this out in public did you think about it before or was it just a spare of the moment just thing? came out yeah because yeah. right, yeah. we
2: were just talking it just fucking just was an off offhanded comment and of i was course. just like i did not expect that <laughs> <laughs> did not expect that it was fucking wild
0: yeah man
2: how long did it take to die down or like was this? Oh, went for months, man. It was like, it was, it was full on, it was really, really intense. It was, it was about three months, yeah. yeah. Mm. Just <laughs> wild. I wish I could remember specific shit they said too because it was brutal.
0: Was this Facebook time where they're posting these images? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, good
0: points, bro. Look, at least TikTok wasn't around then because let me tell <laughs> yeah, you, bro, yeah. the TikTok is crazy. The commenters on TikTok, the people, they will say some crazy Really? Stuff. Oh, bro.
2: Is TikTok where like the, the toxic shit's gone Oh, now? man, oh, right. I would <laughs> stay
0: clear as far oh, away. Right. If you can live your life and make a career out of not having TikTok... I suggest it because it is <laughs> fucked, bro. Oh, really? It doesn't matter what it is. If you get, just say, if I post a video, the first three comments, if there's any negativity in that, they all come flooding in, bro. It's just Shit. nonstop. We talk about it all the time, how bad it is. Wow. Um, but I don't know why. Everyone's faceless online as it is across a lot of platforms, but TikTok mm. is just a
2: dangerous place. Yeah. Um, man, I've, I've, I've been avoiding socials quite hectically like since coming back. Yeah. Are you still off them a lot? I like check Instagram a bit, but- yep. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. I don't go on Facebook or anything like that. Um, I might check the, we've got this app called Business Suite where you can like use Instagram and Facebook without having to use the actual apps. Oh, uh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So I check those because they, they like have the analytics and shit like that. You can see what's going on. But I yeah, sometimes, man, I can see a comment that'll just like, just a random comment but it'll be something that'll just get me, and it'll be like, mm, "No, that stings." And I'll start thinking about it for the rest of the day. It'll just fuck me up. Just one comment, so it's just like I might as well just avoid it completely. Hundred you know? percent, bro. Uh,
0: and I feel like that's a lot of artists out there. Just yeah. a lot of artists can stand pushing mm. it away, and some mm. just can't. And this is where you see beef online mm. kick off, real mm.
2: hard. I mean, i i don't know how that's like. I don't really follow much of what's going on in the scene at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But like for the for the rappers that are popping off, do they? Cop shit like artists used to when they blew up. Like, do they are they getting haters and shit. I think without a doubt. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Like it's, one four get a lot. Do yeah, they? Hundred yeah. percent, man. Do they so really?
0: It like our, our like take flights, follow a base. Is very mixed because obviously it's a bit of everyone's fans, Oh, it's a right? melting pot, yeah. yeah a bit of everyone's fans from whatever... So no matter what, it just depends if that person's opposition fan base is willing to go in and say something, right? Right. But there's always a point where there's a lot of hate, no matter who you are, no matter who you are. Mm. And all it takes is, like you said, one, one word in a statement, one, one wrong word in a song, one wrong thing in a video clip. People just fucking rush them, bro, mm. rush them.
2: Mm.
1: Really amplifies that kind of herd mentality. Like even you were talking about that Q&A was like what almost 10 years ago and i feel like social media has advanced so much since then so the herd mentality is like
2: that much worse <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? like, yeah 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 th- there's that uh, one thing like artists artists just got to look at it like this like i, I got real good at, at seeing it for how it is when i was like during the falling and flying era i, I remember being kind of thick skin and just being like if if people are going out of their way to try and bring you down it's more of a reflection of the shit that they've got going on mm-hmm. you know like they can't be they're not they're not killing it in their life if they're coming and hating on someone else for killing it in theirs.
0: facts you know? we spoke about this before like just i can't imagine being that person behind nah. a screen going mm. yeah fuck this is so shit go kill yourself like why why, mm. why, why is it affecting you that yeah. hard like i don't know what goes through those people's heads more yeah than anything, i but. think
2: i think when you start <coughs> seeing it like that as well then you start you start seeing their comments and go ah oh, fuck that's it's his that's his issue not yeah, mine. Facts, mm. bro. Mm. I mean when you were getting you know charting
1: and doing sold out tours and stuff there would have been tons of rappers being like why the fuck's he selling out tours I should be selling out oh, tours mm. yeah. exactly what you're saying is more of a reflection of their position than yours you mm. know what I mean yeah that's it <clears throat> 100%. 100% so another kind of controversial thing that we have to talk about of course is um, your battle with Cursor. I mean, it comes up every time. It Man, to, it's, it, it, comes
2: up, it comes up all the fucking all time. All the time. Huh?
1: <laughs> well, well, that's the question. I mean, we're fucking 10, 11 years down now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was a very impactful, very kind of influential battle on the scene at the time and in the years following. Did you ever think that 11 years later, people would
2: still be asking you about it on such a frequent basis? Nah, I did not. <laughs> I did not think that was going to be like Australia's Tupac and Biggie kind of thing. You know, like people up, ride or die for Straight one, up. choose choose your, your person and ride for them. It was fucking, it was really... Uh, it was wild, and it, and the fact it still gets brought up, and the fact that people are still in their feelings about it too. Oh, this like, is this, yeah. Very, it's very funny. Like people are still just like, nah, curse got it or six got it or you know, but very staunch in, in their beliefs about it. It's like, I think we kind of all won with that,
0: bro. The scene in general won, if mm. that's what you mean, one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, the the hype on everyone down under was crazy at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah, and we both like from that. Like, if you go look at his career. And then what I did after that as well, we both just went and smashed it. Oh,
0: 100%. The chart's going like this. 100%, yeah. 100%, Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the point, bro. I can't believe that people are still completely choosing sides this long later. Like, it's not even as such as who won. It's, nah, Curse is my guy. 360 is my guy. Mm. And I'm not talking about artists and that. I'm talking about fans. Like, fans are still like, I ride with Cursor, fuck 360. Mm. I ride with 360, fuck Cursor. Mm. 10 years later, bro.
2: Mm. And, and the thing is like, we're cool. You know, me and him are sweet. There's no bad blood now. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can you can still
1: you can like listen both. to both.
0: Or appreciate both at yeah. least. At least yeah. appreciate the music or whatever's being done out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but to what you said, it's like, that's why labels try and manufacture beef sometimes. Because sure. it's like, you know, you killed it, 360 killed it. And it's like, fuck, no wonder it's like- Hey, you just diss this guy tomorrow on Insta and then we'll get him to reply and then like both our careers will probably pop off or something. Mm.
0: <laughs> what was it like? I, I remember that photo of you two when it was first posted. Uh, was that a big day out or at a festival? Yeah,
2: the... yeah, I think it was. What was the
0: reaction? Or do you remember the reaction when you put that out? Because was that one of the first times people saw you guys together <sighs> yeah. like happy in a photo? Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Man, that that got I think the most likes on a picture I've ever had. I can imagine. It was like it got, I think, nearly either I think it was half a mil or a mil. hmm something like that it's like what the fuck (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was Um, a big photo it just kept kept going for years like it was really (laughs) bizarre really bizarre but fucking cool
0: 100 um recently uh we had rops one on (laughs) here we spoke about the battle obviously (laughs) we saw a little reply from yourself i can't remember it was just wait or something like that along the lines of um any chance of you know maybe you battling rops in the future? Like <laughs> I brought to the table, bro. <laughs> um, nah,
2: there was, there was there was no nothing. I oh, know that was nothing personal. Of course, you like that. Yeah. Um, as far as battling though, like I'm, I'm, I hope I get to a point where I'm ready to do it again. Yeah. Like I want to. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got like a bit of a vision with what I want to do with music, mm-hmm. and that's the main goal for me at the moment. Is just getting the music like just to be consistently fire for a few years once once I've done what I, what I, what I really want to be doing there then, I, then I'll be open to battling
0: okay yep. awesome um, you've also previously said that you would battle Cursor again or have the thoughts of again you know look you're, you're back you're releasing on consistent basis Cursor's got his 10th album
2: if, yeah and if, he's if, about to stop too Bro, mm. there's
0: no better time than now what are your thoughts man <laughs> I know you're not ready this second what about next six months where are we feeling bro <laughs> <laughs> there's no better time it's, it's than it's
2: crazy because like there's been times in the in in the past where we've been like oh maybe we should do it in round two you know mm-hmm. and he's have you had this discussion yeah okay. yeah there's been like i think there's been moments where he was ready and i wasn't and vice versa yeah um But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see how we go. Totally. If it makes sense, maybe. Hundred percent.
0: The battle also brought on the whole lads versus metro conversation. That was like probably one of the biggest things that come out of it. Yeah. How do you think the scene of today perceives you? Have you ever thought about how the scene today perceives you in that basis?
2: Man, to be honest, I don't think the scene really, really gives a fuck about me that much at the moment. To be honest, I feel like I've still got a lot of music to release first before a lot of people will start fucking with me again. Like at the moment, it feels like my core fan base yeah. and winning over some people with the new shit I've been dropping. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like there's still got to be about about half a year left until the scene really comes around back, yeah. yeah. Is
0: there any part of you that cares that that's how it is now?
2: No care? No. Love no. I'm, I'm. I'm very very happy with where I'm at personally. And um, I'm loving the shit I'm doing musically at the moment. So I don't really care if people don't like it, you know. Beautiful, 100%. Mm. Another
1: great thing you did for the rap community in this country was obviously the Rappertag series mm-hmm. from way back. Mm. Um, Rappertag two came back in um, 2021. Is there another chance of another run of that? And if so, what would you like to see from that that, that
2: didn't come out in the first two? So definitely want to do it again, 100%. One thing, I just wish people would let go of the fucking politics, man. Like people there was because it's me and I I know that I'm a polarizing figure in a scene and shit like that. There was a lot of people that just didn't want to get involved because it was like, nah, that's three sixty, like I'm I'm a cursed dude or just whatever whatever it is. There's whatever reason there is, it's like people are missing out on opportunities to like reach a whole fuckload more bunch more people and fans and i just reckon they need to let go of that shit like like i'm even down to change the name and shit if it's if it's the name because it's rapper tag and it's associated with me i'm down to like step away and not be my thing because i want it i want it to like I want everyone to get involved. I don't just want people that are cool with me to get involved, you know? I want everyone in in the scene getting involved in that shit.
0: Look, I've just had an idea, honestly off the top of my head. (laughs) What if the first rapper tag back, if you rename it, is you and Cursor going back to back? And then you got both sides, then anyone could be involved.
2: Wow. I'll be down. Anyway, I'm I'm open to that. Take flight
0: with the ideas, guys. Yeah, free
2: ideas. We bro, are maybe, here. We uh, are here.
1: Any consultation needs, hit this guy up <laughs> hit me up. Before I need uh. that check. But definitely, to your point, it is a great opportunity because I know from personal experience, um, Nerve was you know yeah. very thankful that you were the f- that he was the first one that you tagged um, back in rapper tag two, and I remember we we weren't even gonna put it on Spotify. It was kind of like yeah, we're gonna do a YouTube thing, and then. I think I was talking to your manager, and then he was like, "I'll oh, just chuck it on Spotify if you want." And then next minute, it's his most streamed track, mm-hmm. really, and we're, yeah, like harder than his singles that we've been pushing to radio and oh, doing all shit. these campaigns behind. And then it's like rapper tag number two is his highest streaming track, and we were like, "Fuck!" Oh, fuck! I, I did deep. not know that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the that's impact huge. it
0: can have if you come 100%. ready to go as well. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: yeah,
2: exactly. I and wish I, I wish other artists saw that.
1: Yeah, mm. and I think we're at a point too where it's like every day, like me, wings, everyone. We're getting asked, "Where's the radio sets? Where's the ciphers? Where's the freestyles?" We're doing sky sessions after. This. like i think people just want to hear like i feel like we reached a stage in the scene where so many videos were really overproduced and everything was a bit too slick yeah and then now people are like we just want the iphone fucking in an alleyway or the webcam just rapping you yeah. know what i mean like,
2: yeah i'm I, I loving that shit at the moment mm. i'm very much loving th- doing doing that shit and watching that do you guys like millie's the american rapper? Yeah,
0: bro he's creating a whole lot of hype man yeah uh, he, like I, the
2: way he's doing it that's that's that's, that's exactly the way I've tried been trying to approach it, you know, like is, I-, I love I love that he's, he's doing the live radio drops and shit like mm-hmm. that. And the way he's promoting it is a good way for people. If any up and comers that don't know how to do it, check Millie's, he's a good way to promote.
1: Hectic. Mm, education on the pod. <laughs> uh, so we talked about before you went quiet for a couple of years, but since December, man, you've been dropping track after track after track, video after video after video. It's been a great rollout to watch. Um, so what was the moment for you that you knew that you needed to come back and come back just so strong and so consistent? Um,
2: I think it was like, it was when I got out of rehab, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, I remember finishing like the last month when I was in there, just being like, oh, I've got to come out and absolutely smash it. But I thought it was going to be as soon as I got out, I thought it was I'd just going to hit the ground rolling but I didn't realize how fucked up I was gonna be when I actually got home. And I took about two years to get over that little slump of being really fucked, like mm-hmm. took, yeah, two years. And then after two years, I was just like, the stuff that I, I, I'd been writing that whole time and, and just churning out so much stuff. And it was just like, all right, it's starting to make sense. Like it's, 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 it's getting to the point now, I'm happy to release all this shit and feel confident in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Also around this time, you said on Instagram, I have to read it because I'm not going to remember. I've had to slay the people pleaser inside of me. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on what you meant by that? Because to be honest, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that statement mm-hmm. right there.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a, had a big issue with being a people pleaser and, <clears throat> you know, uh, I've always been very honest within music. And I've always kept it quite real in music and shit like that. But in real life, I always struggled with like having those uncomfortable conversations with people that you need to have and shit like that. And just like laying boundaries can be anything at all. Anything to do with confrontation, I just used to just dance around it or skip over it completely. So I've been having to slay that. But also like when when I started popping off with Fallen and Flying, like it was such a fucking it was so so new to me to be in this position where it's like being famous and in the charts and all this fucking crazy shit going on there was a lot of people that come into your life that think they know what's best for you mm-hmm. and like for me i've always had like i've always been steering my own ship i've always had like creative control over everything we drop but i have definitely let outside influence influence me too much to the point where like people people were steering me in directions that I was unsure I really wanted to go. And then after like, after so many years in the industry, I was like, I, I remember like while I was in rehab, like reflecting over everything going like fucking, have I been making music that I wanna make or is it shit that I think people want me to make or like, what am I, I lost myself completely. Just just being around that kind of, in, in the industry and shit like that, I really, yeah, I've lost myself and my sense of direction and shit. And since the last three years, it's, it's just been like I'm, I'm taking everything back. I'm only following my gut now. I'm not listening to what anyone else like says. Oh, no, nah, this song sounds like it'll be better on a radio. So go with this song for your single or whatever. I'm just following my gut with everything and feeling my way through it now
0: beautiful man mm. were there any specific songs over the years that you put out that you look back now and like nah that's not me that's not what I want to put out
2: definitely yeah, yeah. there's like like I Can't Stand just got started yeah okay. um, that was a song we made when like we were like we heard it we're like this sounds like it could have radio potential let's fucking try and gear it towards radio and it's like when you make songs like that it doesn't sit right later. Like I remember any anytime we'd go to perform it, I would just crease up inside because it would just be like, this doesn't feel right for me, you know? Mm. So that that kind of stuff, yeah, definitely. Mm. But luckily over the years, I, I've, I've figured out never to do that again.
0: Yeah, facts.
2: Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really
1: important message to hear because I feel like nowadays it's trends are so fast. You know what I mean? Like trends and sounds and TikTok and everything. It's like, it feels like what's hot one minute is not hot the next. So if you do kind of do that and you base your whole kind of career or your whole sound on one trend and then that kind of dies in the next three months, it's like, well, who are you? You know mm. what I mean? Like, mm.
2: yeah, so I think that's really important for people to hear. Yeah. T- and, saying, yeah, and and radio is not that important anymore, which is really good. Like back back then, radio was like, they'd make or break you really. It's like, if if it was all done about, all right, you get three singles, you do a video for each one and then pitch it to radio, hope that they play it. And if they don't, tough luck, you know? Mm. Now it's like, they don't really matter that much, you know, TikTok's where it's at.
0: That's the hard then thing. And number I think, one, yeah,
2: TikTok is
0: become the new modern day radio in that yeah. sense because now labels seem to be pushing artists towards making songs that might trend on TikTok, whether it be a certain sound or a certain part of a sound. They're like, oh, people could do a dance to that, people could do a trend to that. Mm. So there's still something similar out there. It's just not about the
2: radio anymore. That's it. That's it. They had a monopoly on it. I feel like definitely Triple J did for a yeah. while. Um, it was like they, they were basically you know, the gatekeepers of what was gonna pop off in Australian hip hop for so long. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that that's changed.
0: Amen to that, bro. Amen. Mm. I'm glad that... Because some of the music you hear now, you will definitely not be as big or spread as far without it. 100%.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, some of your new music, bro. One of my favorite songs, not 100% my favorite song that you've released as a LA lay is The Truman Show. Oh, wait. Is it, is it called Truman Show? Yeah. Because now I've convinced myself about the show. Obviously based around the movie, The Truman Show. Yeah. Right? At what point did you think you wanted to base a song around that? You know, we know the idea of it, but for mm. those at home who might not.
2: Mm. It was like just getting out of rehab during the pandemic when we were in like stage four lockdowns yeah. in Melbourne was just weird. Mm-hmm. Like everything, oh, cause I, I went away and everything was normal. And then I got out and everything was fucked.
0: Oh, was <laughs> that part of COVID where everything shut down. Yeah. Oh,
2: so, and I didn't know what to make of anything. You know what I mean? Like there was like all this shit about the fucking vaccines and mandates and all this fucking shit. And I, I, I'm dumb. Like I don't, I'm uneducated. I don't know shit. So I don't know what, to make of any of it. I didn't know what to make of any of it. And and it was like very confusing time. Like I yeah. I didn't like the I didn't like the the fucking way people behave with that shit too, you know, like shaming everyone for their decisions that they made or didn't made. It was it was brutal. And and that how there's things I wanna say but I don't want nah, it. Like I I had issues with the vaccine myself getting the vaccine yeah like yeah. i got the vaccine and it messed me up more than covert did mm. um and that that sort of just just sent me down a little bit of a dark path like looking at things and thinking this doesn't seem right i don't know about this shit, and it just uh yeah got it got really dark during that period mm. so that was a song that that's what it felt like it felt like i was in the truman show but like I was questioning my sanity like he was in the movie. Yeah, you know for what I
0: mean? sure, bro. Um, mentioning the COVID vaccine, not that I'm trying to go all political and talk about this, yeah. um, but it's good to hear you know, people of influence talk about issues they did have. Not that we have to go into detail, but yeah. because I, I'm on Twitter here and there, I fucking hate Twitter, but every time I log in, there's stories of people coming up that are going... Intensely viral about the bad effects that yeah. the, the vaccine had on them.
2: Look, I, I don't want it to turn into some like where where some media is going to grab the headlines that we said this and turn it into some political thing. No, like,
0: no, not at all. Bro. Like
2: what? Do do whatever you want. You know, no, this is no advice or anything like that. But we should be able to talk about the effects that it's had on us, especially things like lockdowns and stuff. Like I remember any time I've talked about lockdowns and shit like that, I've had the fucking algorithms just step in and just like cut the reach mm-hmm. completely. It's like. That's that's no good. We need to be able to talk about this shit. Like, I was I was in the fucking, went to hospital with chest pains with that vaccine, you know? And they told me it was anxiety and in my head. I've heard that a lot, actually. Same, man. Yeah, I've, a lot. I've heard that from so many people, yeah. in, especially in the industry, and a lot of people that haven't wanted to say anything yeah. because they're scared they're going to be called anti-vaxxers and shit it's like bro we got the vaccine how can we be called anti-vaxxers 100% we need to be but we do need to be able to talk about it and I get that it's sensitive but just fucking calm down
0: facts all good facts bro
2: (laughs) another comment that you made
1: on Instagram about your new music was that you're making music without being tied to the outcome so as someone who's you know like I mentioned before done it all you've won awards chart placements etc do you think that focusing on that stuff too much just tarnishes
2: the creative process when you're making it man it's been so much better doing it this way like it's like very pure you know just making art that is just there's no agenda in mind except just be happy and fucking try and kill it you know oh, yeah there's no like try and make a song that's going to go platinum and stuff it's just going wherever the the creativity takes me and like whatever whatever i feel like that's what i'm going for it's 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 really good. I, I definitely, if people are like struggling, not knowing what to do with the album, just just start dropping singles and shit, just one at a time and just scrap the idea of an album and it takes the pressure off. Like it's really, it's been so much fun.
0: Is that your goal right now? Just continue with the singles? Because I'm pretty sure you dropped like four music videos in like four or five weeks, which is unheard of at the moment. And they're not like shitty music videos either. Mm. Man, they're good. Is that your goal? Just keep on going?
2: Yeah. Like, I've been writing so many like verses that I've just been discarding mm-hmm. and I was like, what well, we need to use these. Like we need to use every single one I do. So what I'm doing now is like, I'm trying to drop a single a month as, as it, like an official single mm-hmm. and around that drop all these freestyles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've already got a whole fuckload load of them that we've got to do videos for. So I just want to, I just want to keep it consistent and see how long I can, Keep this going for, yeah. I like hopefully keep it going for two or three years and shit, and then just see what happens. Like we, it, yeah, it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, hectic mm. man. Just while we're on your visuals, I know um my mate Jake Blacklisted Visuals has yes. been doing it. Shout out to Blacklisted Visuals, he's a fucking beast. Uh, I just need to get a shout out at him while i cook yeah. he's he's the man, bro. <laughs> Every time I come down to Melbourne, he's just a beast at everything he does. Yeah, absolute beast. He's a
2: fucking legend too, man. Like, yeah, it's a real small world too. Because I like he he lost his. Like hard drive, was it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's lost his hard drive back in the, like back in the day. Yeah. I didn't even know him. He was just some guy on Facebook and I'd shared it or something. Okay. And um, I, th- I remember him, sh- he showed me that. It was like, dude, you did this for me back in the day. I'll fucking, will never forget it and shit. I was like, well, that's really cool. And now we're working together all Legit, the time. Legit, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: hell yeah, man. Shout out, Blacklist of Visuals, my guy. I
1: thought you were going to say you found his hard drive in your fucking kitchen cupboard <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was like, where are you
0: going with that one, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man?
1: So Wing said before that his favorite of your new drops is a Truman Show. My mm-hmm. personal favorite is Certified. On there, you did have a very uh, impactful bar to me that said you, you're going to make your earlier career look like a footnote. Mm. Mm. Huge mm-hmm. bar. So what do you think you're armed with this
2: time around that's going to take you to that next level? um i think the experience that i've had of being in the music industry for so long now has uh i've I've learned how to operate when it comes to music like not having outside influence now and just doing it myself is just the way to go um like a lot of my uh, one of my goals over the last three years has been stepping the rapping game up a lot like i really want people to like People who know my background know where I come from and know I can rap and shit like that. But there's a lot of people that don't, that just see me as that pop rapper. And I'm very, very keen to show that that's not what I am and show that I have a background and I I does this. You
0: mm. know? <laughs> yeah, the, the hunger is there. Yeah. Yeah, right, beautiful man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so off
1: the back of the singles, of course, you have your tour coming up in June, the Back to Life tour. Uh, the name obviously signals like, you know, a live comeback for you. What can we expect at those shows?
2: This the, the the classics plus all the new shit and just it's going to be super hype like production wise it's going to be just going to be fucking wild special guests everything
0: He yeah. and he's not going to sweat once on stage yeah. <laughs> not a yeah. single piece of sweat bro we not need a single dro- drop alright bro before we leave is there anything else you want to say anything you want to say to your fans that might be tuning in or new fans who hopefully came um, from this just,
2: just shout outs to everyone for the support the support has been absolutely mind blowing like I, yeah I can't believe how how I wasn't ready for it I thought it was going to be a lot worse I thought there was going to be a lot more hate but it's just been nothing but love so far and I hopefully can keep delivering that beautiful mm. again man thank you so much it's great to meet you in person it's great to see
0: you killing it out here so consistent keep it coming thank you um, we got a little something going on right now Sky Sessions so it's your boy wings 24 karat kev 360 we out are-